Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Continuity, nothing personal, word of the day for Thursday, January 27th, 2022 is continuity. That is a word when you become an executive in sports, it's a word that you have to learn how to spell, very important. You have to get the you and the I in the right position. Continuity is what you crave. I was always very jealous of teams who had great continuity. We've had two managers in the last 27 years. We've had the same players. We've had the same infield, Trammell and Whitaker, for a decade. Because in theory, continuity is supposed to lead to not just fan affinity, but it's supposed to lead to victory. And it is true that when you run a team that the lack of continuity almost guarantees losing. But the existence of continuity can indicate being stubborn more than it can lead to winning. But it's still a word that we would use with the media. We'd use it in press conferences. We'd use it when we're just talking to fans, walking around the ballpark. I would be fighting against people's anecdotal evidence about the lack of continuity with the Marlins. And I would point out, because I would have these stats, long before there was an analytics department, we had people calculating, well, we've had the same 17 guys on our roster for longer than any other team has had 17 guys. And we would manipulate the stats if the number were 14 or 16. Or we've had our second baseman and shortstop, Ugly and Ramirez, playing together for more games or more years than 22 of the other teams. So for all of you who think that all we do is trade players and let them go, which may be true, but... Here's the facts. And then the response would always be, that's great, but you haven't made the playoffs yet. True. That is true, but we're talking about continuity. So yesterday, John Mara, the owner of the Giants, who has had to be in the media way more than he has been in years because the Giants, along with every other New York team, by the way, are just an abject disaster. So the Giants got rid of their coach. We told you they would. Joe, Judge, Judy, and then they got rid of their GM who retired, Dave Gittleman, so they've been in the market. And they hired a new GM, a guy named Joe Shane. Joe Shane meets the media, does a Zoom, gives a few good comments. Everything's fine. But then John Mara, the owner, got right back in the thick of it. Instead of hiring the GM and just saying, all right, I'm now back out of the news, let's let the GM hire the coach, Let's see if we can get better as a team because the Giants clearly are testing the patience of even their most fervent fans. But John Mara starts talking about something that he knew and his PR people knew would gain front 
page. I didn't look at the back pages. I say front page. As a New Yorker, let me take that back. What we say in New York is when you gain back page headlines, that's really the key. Back page headlines in the New York Post and the Daily News, Newsday, whichever. The back page always has the big font. They have the clever headlines. So gaining back page status is not what you want to be doing if you're the Giants right now, even though you just hired a new GM, because nothing good is happening with you on the back page. So what he said was that they are not trading for Deshaun Watson. Okay, thank you. Good info. And then he said, we are all in on Daniel Jones. And he gave this long quote about Daniel Jones that I thought was sort of interesting. And I just wanted to read it to you and say why, but I'll answer. We're not trading for Deshaun Watson, said John Marr after introducing Joe Shane. There's so many reasons why we wouldn't do that. Cap-wise, okay, listen, when you're prepping someone to meet the media and you know that your owner's gonna talk about Deshaun Watson and you're gonna actually quell, quash all speculation about him, here's an idea. Don't lead with the reason you're not trading for him is cap. I'm just throwing it out there. He's got 22 lawsuits against him as a potential assaulter, predator, everything else under the sun. He was a healthy scratch for the entire season by the Texans. So I'm just saying, if you're gonna actually talk about Sean Watson, which you don't need to, lead with the fact that that's not the type of person you want on your team. But cap-wise, we couldn't afford him. And then he says, but more importantly. So here's another verbal tick. When you are talking to someone and you bury the lead, L-E-D-E, are you doing that on purpose? Are you doing that because you think it's more effective and impactful? So he says, cap-wise, we couldn't afford it. But more importantly, with the allegations that are out there right now, that is just not the right fit for us. And as you know, when you position something that way, you don't mean that. Because otherwise, you would leave with it. You would say, that is not the type of player we want on this team. Hard stop, done. You don't have to talk about cap. You don't have to talk about anything. And you certainly don't say cap, but more importantly. Then, he wants to make Daniel Jones sitting at home watching this press conference on Zoom. No way he was. We do feel Daniel can play. Thank you. We've done everything possible to screw this kid up since he's been here. We keep changing coaches, coordinators, offensive line coaches. I take a lot of responsibility for that, but let's bring in the right group of coaches now and give him some, word of the day alert, continuity. Thank you. That's great. So every time John Mara has brought in a coach, and every owner, this is not something against John or Rooney or anyone in the Mara family or Kate or anybody. This is merely saying, we all say the same thing every time. It's we need to win more games. We need to create a culture of winning an atmosphere. We were not pleased with blank, blank, and blank. But when you hired the coach a year ago, two years ago, six months ago, eight years ago, you hired with the purpose, with the statement of, hey, we are bringing in this person because of his ability to fill in the blank. It's like Mad Libs, to create a winning atmosphere, to 
gain the respect of the players on this team and around the league to let everyone know that we will bite kneecaps and cut off your Achilles to win games. Why John Mara felt it necessary to talk about Daniel Jones is because Daniel Jones has not worked out by any stretch of the imagination. But there's nothing the Giants can do. It's sort of like when you're in a relationship or when you're working on a project at school and you know that it is going absolutely terribly. But at the moment, there's nothing you can do. There is a long-term play to get out of the relationship or a long-term play to move on from this project or to put it in the circular file and make sure it's not seen by people. There are things you can do ex post facto, but when you're in the middle of it, you have no choice but to say, we have a lot of hope. So I guess I would leave it with this if I had the opportunity to. What is it that you want as Giants fans? Do you want the owner to be telling you that he's got faith in Daniel Jones to make him believe that he knows something that you don't know because deep in your heart, you believe that he's not going to be the quarterback to lead your team to any sort of playoffs, to return to the glory of the Manning cast? Or would you rather have an owner who just says nothing and they bring in a GM, you hire a new coach, and you do a straight wait to see. I'm going to keep loving my team but I'm going to wait to see how these hires work out. Do you feel better being told what the future is, or do you feel better acknowledging what the present and past have been? It's something that I think about all the time. Is it better to try in advance to convince something, to convince someone of something that you know you've been unable to do before, but you continue to try to do going forward? Is it easier to convince people that while you have failed, you are gonna be different, you are gonna do it differently, and the result will be different? Or is it better to keep your yap shut, act, and then when you're on top of the mountain, say, this is what we had in mind the whole time. It took a little bit longer to get here, we had to do a little more sort of serpentine behavior, but we got to where we told you we were going to get to many moons ago. I think it is way better to do the latter than the former, but it is so tempting to do the former because it feels so good at that moment. It's the reason we do press conferences when we make a signing. It's the reason we stand up and hold the jersey and do the photo op, because we want you to feel so good about what we're doing now and not to judge us with the results, judge us with the process. And it goes against my consequentialist nature to do that. Judge the results, not the process. Meanwhile, Daniel Jones is at his home off season. He's seen that vote of confidence from his owner calling up his new GM and saying, hey, I need better coordinators because there hasn't been any continuity. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. I think that with all of the head coaching openings that are existing, there are nine openings, although breaking news, there are now eight because the Broncos hired Buddy Hackett to be the head coach. He comes over from the Green Bay Packers, which means Aaron Rodgers is definitely being traded to Denver to be reunited with his comedian friend as the head coach, former offensive coordinator. No, get that out of your mind. Aaron Rodgers is not a Bronco because he's following his offensive coordinator. 
but the Broncos hired someone, so now we're down to eight openings. And with all of the openings, I think what's happening, and I could be wrong, I think they're all finding these people on LinkedIn. Because these days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Every time I wanted a new manager or a new third base coach, boom, I'm hitting LinkedIn. Every time we look for salespeople, marketing people, finance people, show me your LinkedIn. Keep your profile up to date because you never know who's looking. People are always looking. Do you know that you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond? It's the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people, of which at least four score and seven are highly qualified. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. They will help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Samson. That's linkedin.com slash Samson to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I know exactly who's on LinkedIn because I went and I looked. Antonio Brown has started a LinkedIn profile because he's a wide receiver looking for a job. He's hoping that somebody is paying attention to what he wants. He's been on the circuit, doing interviews left and right. He did the Brian Gumbel interview. Being interviewed by Brian Gumbel is a nightmare. It's happened. He's done it to me twice on Real Sports. It's unpleasant to say the least. His level of ego is really something to behold. His desire to do gotcha journalism is fantastic. His total disdain for public financing and everything else that I've ever done was palpable during our interviews. But of course I did the segment because I'm not going to be scared by Brian Gumble with his glasses on the end of his nose. So he interviews and he's going around and he's going to different places. And then he went on CBS. CBS Sports is where I am. CBS Sports HQ as an MLB analyst. You can check it out. This pod is under the CBS Sports blanket. So I appreciate CBS. CBS gave Antonio Brown a platform. That's fine. It's all about NFL, fantasy, gambling. I'm in. I'm in. I'm good. But what he said was pretty good. He was asked whether or not he's ever spoken to a therapist. Now, that's pretty private, right? And the reason why it was asked is that in theory, it's newsworthy because Antonio Brown is claiming that the Buccaneers wanted him to meet with mental health professionals. He claimed in an interview that he's fine. He's got no problems at all. He's good. But his answer to that question was too good to be true. So I wanted to give you the quote. I tried it through the NFL. I don't really have time to consult with random people I don't know about my mental space. If there were ever a Yahtzee quote, six sixes, that's it. That's who you talk about. Your therapists are not your best friends. It's not the shrink next door. You're going in and you're talking to someone who's got no skin in the game. 
You're talking to someone who's heard it all before, who can hear what you say. And this is not anecdotal. I'm talking to you about what therapy has meant and what it means to me. It is for the purpose of exactly what Antonio Brown is saying he doesn't want to do. It is definitely talking to random people who are trained to listen to what you're saying, to give you advice about the way you are processing your thoughts, and to give you concrete action steps toward improving your life. Because who wants to be Antonio Brown? Isn't it exhausting? Forget the running off the field with the shirt. Forget all the different crimes and assaults and punishments. Forget all that stuff. It's hard to be Antonio Brown because everywhere you go, you've got to be Antonio Brown, the character as seen on TV. Bless you. Thank you. It's hard to be someone who people think they know, but they don't. It's hard to walk in the shoes that people feel fit them perfectly. It's hard to be the person who everyone assumes has the perfect life, the perfect number of skills, knows Tom Brady. But Antonio Brown going around with his lawyers trying to make a case for how bad the NFL is, how bad the Tampa Bay Buccaneers treated him, what a misunderstanding it was when he went off the field, what a misunderstanding it was when he tweeted Bucks eliminated through Photoshop. So they're really on a PR tour, what I would call a reclamation tour. What I would call is, hey, I need a job tour. I would call it, hey, is there anyone out there who will hire me tour? I would call it, hey, I'm on LinkedIn, but I need to get more hits tour. So when you're prepping for such a tour, when you know you're putting your client in front of the media who wants to ask and will ask about the most commonly discussed issues surrounding him, which happen to be mental health, especially given where we are as a society where mental health is now at the forefront, finally where mental health issues are being treated the same as hamstring injuries and torn ACLs. Where Antonio Brown has used mental health as a sword and not a shield. And the best they can come up with through wordsmithing, through workshopping, is that he doesn't have time to consult with random people about his mental space. Is that your plan? Is that the way you think you're staying in the NFL? It really does make me smile in every possible way. Okay, uh, let's go to break because we're going to review Yellowstone when we come back. And then we're going to talk about Chris Mack, the head coach of Louisville. Don't go away. You're going to want to hear what he did because it's a classic. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's Thursday, January 27th. You heard our word of the day, continuity. You rate us, you review, you follow. 
You do all the things that we ask you to do. Go on LinkedIn. We ask you to do that too. Post a job if you don't mind. Slash Samson, please. Tell your friends about us. Keep it going. I watch a movie every day. I've been watching movies. I've been watching TV series. Everyone's talking about Yellowstone. I started watching that. My guess is sometime during the second season. So I watched the first season through binge, and then I've been watching it one week at a time ever since then. Does anyone else have the issue that I've been having, which is when I can't watch a series all together when I want to watch it, and I've got to wait for when it's going to be dropped on a weekly basis? It makes me insane. I have been trained now that when I want to watch something, I can, at my pleasure, watch the entire show. Yet, it's happening, like with Billions on Sunday nights on Showtime, which is a Viacom CBS company. I think I have to say that. I don't know why people have to say that when they're writing articles. Do you ever read that when you're, when, detour, when you're reading something, someone has to, they always have to disclaim, they are a sponsor of this show, or we are owned in part by the parent company of this, because that, no one wants to be caught saying something about a company and saying a positive thing, and then someone saying, oh, you had to say that because you work for them or you're owned by them. Well, on Nothing Personal, we don't have that problem, which is why the phone rings sometimes during the show. What the hell is he talking about? He can't say that. He can't talk about that. Really? Cut my feed. Anyway, Billions is on Showtime. It's coming out once a week, so I sit there waiting for it to drop on a Sunday. And then I have to try to remember what happened the previous week. Now, the argument for non-binge watching is that you can maybe have time to remember the characters more versus binging, where by the time the next season comes, and this happened with Ozark for me, and it happened with Yellowstone, I couldn't remember season three by the time season four came out. I had not remembered how it ended. So, of course, you watch the recap, the trailer, but people cut trailers in a way to make you feel stupid even when you've watched the previous season because they cut it and release it in a way that you get glimpses out of order of what happened, and they're trying to be clear, and they're trying to help you start with the next season, but you have more questions than you have answers. So Yellowstone season four comes out. It's one of the highest rated shows. It's on a network. I don't remember the network. I wanna say it's on Paramount. That's another CBSO network. Is it on Paramount now, Paramount Plus? Whatever it's on. In any case, it stars Kevin Costner and a character named Beth Dutton played by Coco. What, what was her name again? Ruth Riley? I don't know if that's right. It could be. Luke Grimes, but the, the woman who plays Beth Dutton, who Coca and I, Kelly Riley, thank you, who Coca and I agree may be the best character, not the best female character, the best character in any show in the past 50 years. If you have not started watching Yellowstone, start now. Season four was a slight disappointment to me because I felt as though Taylor Sheridan, who's the creator and writer of the show and actually stars in a few episodes, I thought that he got a little lazy. By the way, why wouldn't he? He's working on 20 different shows and trying to ride horses and corral calves by their feet. But there were many musical montages during season four, watching horses go back and forth. By the way, it's beautiful, but I could go to the Big Apple Circus. I, I'm there for the Dutton family. Wes Bentley stars in this too. Wes Bentley is the guy who uh, 
was an American, uh, not American Pie, American Beauty. He when he was quite a bit younger, but it's about a family, the Dutton family, and they're a bit, you know, troubled. They own a lot of land. It's filmed in Park City, Utah. I was in Park City, Coca, a couple years ago uh, with my son, and we were in a car heading to a jazz game, actually. And the driver of the car said, hey, you know, Yellowstone is filmed right there. Kevin Costner goes to all the local bars, and so does the whole cast. I thought that was pretty cool, actually. So Yellowstone season four I thought was fine, but it's a must-watch as a series, but season four was not as great as the previous three seasons. Yellowstone, check it out on Paramount, owned by CBS, who also has this podcast. They don't own the podcast, but they have the podcast. Okay, let's talk about Chris Mack. Now, you may not know who Chris Mack is, but I'm going to tell you. Chris Mack is the head coach of Louisville. Louisville, yes, thank you, Kristen Dunst from Elizabethtown. Louisville, he just resigned. And he gave a long letter explaining his resignation. And it caught my attention because A, it's super long, but B, he did something funny. <laughs> okay, ready? I'm not gonna tell you about the first two paragraphs because they're, whatever. He's been the head coach for 13 years. He loves Louisville, he loves the people. He's so thankful. It's the greatest university in the world, the greatest fans, the greatest people, everything's great. And then he gets into any of us who was given the opportunity to represent this great university knows that we are only in this position because of the passion, support, and pride of Cardinal Nation. Everyone's got a nation now. And I know that the University of Louisville basketball program's best days remain ahead of it. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. But then he talked about why he resigned. It's time for me to focus on my family and spend more time being a dad. Newsflash, when you do a release, how many of you are parents who are listening and watching the show on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel? How many of you? Aren't we all dads 24 hours a day, seven days a week? How do you spend more time than that? Is there any time when you're not a dad? And I'm talking as someone who is not the greatest father, because I chose work over family, and I, we've talked about that personal issue that I had. We talked about the fact that I was not present and that the phone was in my ear and that I was working 24-7, which is an expression that I detest, although when you have insomnia, you can, I should say, I was working 21-7. I'm fine with that statement. But you wouldn't say and people do this all the time when they retire, when they leave, when they stop acting, when they stop being in sports or when they leave their job on Wall Street, wherever they leave, they say, Time, I gotta focus on my family, spend more time being a dad. The people who say that either one got caught cheating and then you say I'm a sex addict, I'm going to rehab and I need to focus on my family. Or they've got kids and they say, I really wanna be there for them. Like Tom Brady's having that discussion now. I'm gonna talk to Giselle and I'm gonna, I need to be there. 
I need to drive my kids to school and I want to be there to fill out their one, their look at their term papers and their research papers and help them flip through the Encyclopedia Britannica to find topics for papers. I want to go to parent teacher conferences. I want to do pick up and drop off and be there for driver's ed and dinners, etc. I want to eat waffles with my kids when they eat waffles. It always makes me laugh. Chris Mack did not resign from Louisville to spend more time with his family. He was suspended the first six games of this season for violations and for lying about the violations. The program was investigated and punished due to the fact that under his watch and under the previous coach's watch, do you know the previous coach of Louisville was? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, that guy. The guy who's at Iona now. The guy who I said, wait to see, is going to get another big-time job because people tend to forgive and forget very quickly when they have an opportunity. Am I totally wrong? Are we cutting this segment? Wasn't Rick Pitino the previous coach of Louisville? Coca, are you there? It's Thursday. You should be there. I can't hear you. Anyway, I'm going to assume that's correct. I don't know how I would have all these things in my head because it's not good to do. It makes me tired. Coca! All right, whatever. So I'm going back to Chris Mack. So Chris Mack was in a tremendous amount of trouble. The team was not winning games. And if you are going to have NCAA violations, you might as well win games because the combination means that your job security is not that good. So he meets with the athletic director, the president of the school, and says, that's it, I'm stopping now. Why now? When you start a season as a coach, I'm just throwing it out there. Are you not aware, having been a coach for as many years as you were a coach, Chris, what the actual demands were on your time? Did your family, your wife, if you have a wife, your children, if you have children, which you do because you want to be a dad and take care of your family, did they not realize, having been with you for all the years you've been a coach, exactly what is required of you during the course of a season? Did they wake up and say, hey, now's the time? Now, I grant you there could be extenuating circumstances. He may have problems at home. He may be trying to hold on to his marriage. He may be trying to get rid of his marriage. He may have kids who have special needs. He may have kids who need attention, who got in trouble. All of that is possible. But when you do a statement, when you resign and you ignore the fact that you were suspended and that your program is under sanction and under investigation, that means that what you're saying is a bunch of horse hockey. And then you release this long statement and you don't even mention it. You don't even discuss it. G-M-A-B, Chris. I have zero, underscore, zero sympathy for the fact that you had to resign because of your ineffectiveness on the court, because of your breaking the rules off the court. And then you try to make me feel like you're this great guy, better than I am because you want to spend more time with your family and be a better dad. Okay. You keep telling yourself that. Nothing personal pick of the day. It's a good one. Did the Jazz beat the Suns? I know Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were out, but I just thought the Jazz getting points at home, even though the Suns are the best road team. We're back to 500. Today is, what is the date today, Coca? January 27th. We're starting over. We're 11 and 11. 
and we are starting over. I've, I've lost a few NBA games in a row, so I'm going to take a break. We're going college because we were just talking about Chris Mack, and we're going to talk about Wisconsin. Now I'm a homer. I'm a badger, no doubt. But they're only giving seven and a half to Nebraska. Nebraska, who's like six and 13. Wisconsin, who's ranked in the top 15 in the country, seven and a half. The Badgers having lost their last game. The Badgers, who it turns out, are calling up for today's game. Frank Kaminsky and Michael Finley will both be playing. And the team today, I don't know why, is going to be coached by Barry Alvarez. All of these things indicate to me the line is a little light. We're going to go Wisconsin 7.5 over Nebraska. Oh, man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you are. Oh, man. Do you know that song? Neil Young. When I hear that song, I get wistful because I thought it was about his son and his father. One of the problems with the inter-Google and with all these behind-the-scenes documentaries and all, you really learn what people are thinking. Have you ever read a book? And you're so fascinated by it. There's so many possible different interpretations of things that are going on in that book that you say to yourself, God, that author was brilliant. He has touched a nerve for me. And then you see an interview by the author and the author says, hey, I wasn't even thinking that. And you think to yourself, man, that sucks. Like you weren't even thinking what I was thinking. And here I am thinking that you were thinking of everything. So Neil Young has a song called Old Man. And so I would think about my dad and I would think about my life and I would shed a tear and sing the song while I'm working out or just driving or whatever the case may be. And then I watched Neil Young interviewed and it was about a guy who worked on the farm that he bought, who came with the farm. He was like the head of farm, the farmhand with the CEO of the farm, but a guy not in a suit, but in overalls taking care of a property. Neil Young, when he was young, bought some property. And that's the old man he was talking about. I'm a lot like you are. Neil Young is in my mind because he took a stand. He threw a pebble into the ocean and said, watch my ripples. Now, if you throw a boulder into a pond, you're going to create some ripples. You throw a pebble into the ocean, that's like going pee-pee on Survivor in the ocean and saying, hey, sorry about that. Did anyone drink that? No, it's the ocean, man. Neil Young decided that he has taken a stand. He has had all of his music removed from Spotify. If you're listening to this show on Spotify, which we appreciate, I forgot what you do on Spotify, Coca. I think you... um. You follow on Spotify or review. What's the, what is the exact word? Anyway. Oh, and you can rate. Thank you. You rate and follow, not rate and review. So Neil Young removed his music because he doesn't want to be on a platform where dro yeah, four, six, nine. Neil Young removed his music from Spotify because he did not want to share a platform with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, who has spent many an hour spreading lies about COVID vaccines, who has given a platform to people who don't know anything about anything. Joe Rogan, who gives great advice 
to Aaron Rodgers about immunization and science. Dr. Rogan was brought over to Spotify in a nine-figure deal. Joe Rogan is the tentpole for Spotify, the Howard Stern of Spotify. And Neil Young said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make Spotify get rid of Joe Rogan because I'm going to tell them if they don't get rid of him, I am going to remove my music. It took Spotify seven seconds to say, bye, Neil. I'd be seeing you. They had a quote that said, we want all the world's music and audio content to be available to Spotify users. With that comes great responsibility in balancing both safety for listeners and freedom for creators. We have deleted, we have detailed content policies in place. And we have removed over 20,000 podcast episodes related to COVID since the start of the pandemic. We regret Neil's decision to remove his music from Spotify, but hope to welcome him back soon. That's what these platforms are doing, Spotify and Apple and Facebook and all the different places where we spend our time, all the different ecosystems. They are believing they have a responsibility to have truth out there. People get flagged on Twitter, get kicked off Twitter. Their notes when someone's giving an opinion that is based on fantasy, not reality, then they get their plug pulled. So Spotify saying they've removed 20,000 podcast episodes related to COVID since the start of the pandemic. That is also a bit like putting a pebble in the ocean. The reality is that Joe Rogan has millions of listeners. Joe Rogan's show is bigger than nothing personal. Joe Rogan has an audience. I wouldn't mind having that size audience. Coke and I are going to work to get that size audience. But with that size audience comes responsibility. With the size of our audience comes responsibility. We've spoken to you about COVID and said, if your audience is one person in your dining room without cameras and microphones, you have responsibility. It doesn't matter that Joe Rogan is the number one ranked podcast. It doesn't matter that Neil Young doesn't have as many downloads as Taylor Swift or Taylor Swift's bodyguard. It doesn't matter that people are making fun of Neil Young saying that's great, like they were going to choose you over Joe Rogan. Neil Young is not the village idiot. He knew very well how this was ending. He knew that he was going to lose 60% of his downloads. He knew that he was going to give up revenue in an era when artists' revenue has been cut tremendously because how many of you buy albums? Nobody. How many of you even buy songs? You subscribe to Spotify or Apple Music, etc. But Neil Young has the ability to take a stand. So just because you're the pebble in the ocean doesn't mean you shouldn't take a stand. Just because you have an audience of zero doesn't mean you shouldn't have principles and do the right thing. I don't know what Neil Young did was right by removing his music. He could have brought attention to what Joe Rogan's doing without pulling his music. Nobody thinks any differently about the Joe Rogan experience or about the absolute 
idiocy that he spews on a daily basis because Neil Young pulled his music. It's a bit like preaching to the choir. The people who love him, love him and believe him and think that he walks on water. The people who don't realize is that he's wearing a PFD. It doesn't matter what side you're on. I always believe that if you're going to do something on principle, make sure you are doing it for the right reason. And Neil Young did this for the right reason. He did it because he believed that he could not look himself in the mirror. And that is the threshold question. You don't do it to change other people's view. You do it to make sure that your personal view in the mirror is something you can sleep with. I use that expression often to myself. How do I sleep at night? Funny enough, right? Given that I don't sleep well, does that mean that I don't approve of how I think or what I do or what I say? With me, it happens to not be related. But I certainly, as a narcissistic tendency, there's a better way to say that. There's possible I've got some narcissistic characteristics. That said, I look in the mirror, I look back and say, who is that old man? Neil Young is off Spotify. It's not going to matter. It's not like they were going to choose him. Okay. Do you know today is National Holocaust Remembrance Day? I, uh, I don't celebrate today. I only am acknowledging it because of something that happened. The reason I don't is that every day for me is Holocaust Remembrance Day. People say, why would you need Mother's Day to treat your mother nice on Mother's Day? You should treat your mother nice every day. Why do you need Valentine's Day to take care of your partner? You should treat your partner nicely every day. You could say that about every day. Birthdays are different. You're sort of marking something. So it's an acknowledgement. Mother's Day, I'm acknowledging you're a mother today, but I don't acknowledge it any other day. I'm going to give you flowers and candy because it's Valentine's Day. The rest of the time, you can pound sand. I mean, come on. The National Holocaust Remembrance Day, it makes me furious that this day needs to happen. And the reason this day needs to happen is the number of people who don't remember the Holocaust. And as every year passes, that number diminishes. We're not even talking about 100 years ago. And people have a hard time remembering the level of genocide, the level of racial scrubbing that was going on by Hitler around the world. The problem we have is there are still people who are Holocaust deniers, like, hey, it doesn't, didn't even exist, it didn't happen. Those people are fringe people that I don't pay attention to. What scares me more are the people who absolutely don't deny the Holocaust happened. They regret that it didn't work. In Tennessee yesterday, a book got banned. I have a major problem, and this is not a political statement. I'm not a big fan of burning books and banning books. It is critical for people to have at their disposal the ability to discern for themselves, learning all positions, what they believe in, what they want to fight for, what they're willing to die for, what other people before them have fought for and died for. It's why on Nothing Personal, it is so important to me. It is so important to me to give you two different sides 
to let you see different vantage points and to give you information so that you can make a decision so that you can have an understanding of where your heart is, where your beliefs are. If I have to convince you about the Holocaust, I'm not gonna be able to. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna talk about it. But the book that was banned by a vote of 10 nothing by a school board in Tennessee was a book that depicted the Holocaust through cats and mice. But one of the board members was quoted and I'm going to name him. If you know Tony Allman, I think you ought to speak to him and try to educate him a little bit. He said, I understand all that, but being in the schools, educators and stuff, we don't need to enable or somewhat promote this stuff. It shows people hanging. It shows them killing kids. Why does the educational system promote this kind of stuff? It is not wise or healthy. I think that's the perfect plan. I think the way we should educate people and our kids is with the head in the sand. We should tell them everything was perfect. There's no reason to tell them what the history is, either in our country or beyond, be, be, uh, right? Because if you don't teach history, then it didn't happen. Trying to protect people from the horrors and atrocities only guarantees that those horrors and atrocities have a higher likelihood of happening again. The expression, those who do not understand and learn history are prone to relive it or condemned to relive it. That's a meaningful expression because how else do you form who you are and what you think if you're not clear about what was? Of course, history is not always pretty, just like the present is not always pretty. But do you know what's going on today around the world? Tomorrow's history. Tomorrow's history is critical because it's how we live today. One of my favorite books when I was a kid was In the Night Kitchen. One of my favorite actors is Maurice Sendak. Do you know that Maurice Sendak in the book In the Night Kitchen, there was a boy, a naked boy floating in a milk bottle. People lost their minds about that. There are kids in this book about the Holocaust who are being hung and are naked, and there are people saying, we cannot allow that. Anti-Semitism is something that still exists. It exists in all forms. It doesn't just exist with people like Mel Gibson. It exists in ways that where we discuss how temple shootings and how terrorism and how things happen. It exists in the way people view Jews. It, ex it exists in the way that the Academy of Motion Picture and Science doesn't do exhibits on the people who started the studios. It exists in all sorts of ways. It exists in the family of the Kennedys. When Robert Kennedy Jr. just gave that speech, I don't know if you saw it. Remember, he was talking and he made some example about Hitler and Nazi Germany saying it's not exactly like this where you can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. We have a serious problem in this world, and it's not just anti-Semitism. The serious problem are people thinking that anyone who doesn't look like them or has what they don't have or what they want to have, that those people don't belong, those people don't exist, shouldn't exist, can't exist, because they want to feel better about their lives, and you can't rise up to their level. You have to bring them down to yours. That is the crux of the issue. 
people are so scared of being failures that they require failure around them. They're so scared of being overtaken by lack of success that they insist that everybody look like them, feel like them, and act like them. That is pervasive in our economy, with our politics, in race relations, not just in the U.S., but everywhere. Why? I ask you why. If you are in Tennessee and I'm part of that school where they voted 10 nothing to get rid of that book, are you asking the question? Because if you're not, you today are making history. And believe me, you're going to be talked about. You're going to be remembered, not just on Holocaust Remembrance Day, but every day. That's our show for today. We will be back tomorrow. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.